This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not give a State of the Union address last night, Joe Biden, speaking to the American people for 72 minutes. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and we'll call some balls and strikes with Florida Representative Byron Donalds, Federalist founder Sean Davis in the House, and Power the Future Directive Daniel Turner who reacts to Biden's claim that we'll only need oil for about 10 more years. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of this show, you know the rules. They're the same every day. We have one rule on the whole show. I mean, how many rules could there be? How much decorum could this show have if they actually hired me, Mikey, and Josh to do it? I think he's got a point. I mean, come on, man. All are welcome. It's an all-skate. 888 888- Seven eight eight nine nine one zero. the only rule. Be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a... Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, proud and happy and thrilled to be back here with you on the radio, getting ready to do the damn thing. We've got some goings-on in TV land as well. I'll be on with Jesse Waters tonight at 7 o'clock on Waters World. So congratulations to him in advance for the massive ratings bounce. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Oh, I'm being silly. I'm in a chippy mood because, like you, I stayed up all night trying to figure out what the hell I was watching. Uh, First and foremost, whoever was in charge of dosing the president before the speech, you know whenever Biden has a big event, you know, they listen to him talking off camera before he goes on camera. You know, and they, you know, they're like, you sound insane. Do you realize that you should be medicated? At which point they medicate him. And whoever shot Biden up last night with the B-12 uh, definitely upped the dosage a little too high. He was talking fast. A lot of fast talking, a lot of speed slurring. There was a moment even at the end where he's like, we need to choose unity over how is your And we're like, wait, what? What just happened? I mean, I agree. I think unity's better than but I'd still like to, you know, weigh my options. You know, I don't want to just blindly vote for unity. What if happens to be, you know, a halfway decent option? I don't want to not take it. You know what I'm saying? Biden's lost his marbles. A lot of people feel that way. So there was some fast talking. There was a lot of lying. He got fact-checked like crazy. You know, of course, the media will tell you it was a huge win. The media is a bunch of losers. But the truth is we're going to get into their reaction because they may have liked it by their standard. Okay, but my standard is America. You know, I want the country to do well. And at a time when 71 percent of voters believe we're headed in the wrong direction, Biden just did the equivalent of, hey, restaurant owner, your food sucks. And Biden was like, well, you're in luck. We're going to give you bigger portions. What an idiot. And that's all last night was. It was more big government. 
Spend, 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 spend. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. True story, because everything he wants to do is going to cost you money. Okay, free college isn't free. It comes from taxpayers. All the handouts overseas and everything in between. Okay, nothing is free. Okay, maybe the free to the guy getting it, but somebody else is going to pay it. And in this instance, that someone is you. Thanks, big government weenuses. But let me just walk you right through the speech. Okay, because I always say, you know, Fox Across America is a, you know, America's family meeting. We get on the air today. We talk about what's going on in the country. I'm kind of the deadbeat dad at the head of the table here. And we kind of talk through the day. Well, right now I want to talk through our night because it was just a mess. There was a lot of heckling. (laughs) At one point he got yelled at about the border because he started talking about fentanyl. And I believe it was Marjorie Taylor Greene, to her credit, was like, that's your fault. And it is his fault because he rescinded every single border policy that had cut illegal border crossings to an 80-year low. Okay, Biden gets in. He's like, nah, you know that thing that's keeping the border secure? What if we, you know, undid it? What if we just got rid of everything out there? That would help us. That's stupid. Use your common sense. But that's what he did. So let's walk through this just so I can give you some overview as to where this thing went crazy. Early on in the beginning, I had a big laugh uh, because he was talking about Republicans wanting to cut the Inflation Reduction Act. And uh, it's actually a good thing. The Inflation Reduction Act does not reduce inflation. Okay, the Congressional Budget Office scored the bill. It will not reduce inflation at any point during the duration of the bill. Okay, what it is is a climate bill tucked into a more popular mission, which is reducing inflation. That was the scam of the Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, and they've told you every day since. Oh, the Inflation Reduction Act is the biggest climate change bill in history. What a fraud. Really think about that, which was funny because there was a part later on in the speech where he was talking about, and I'm going after hidden fees, airlines with the hidden fees, hotels with the hidden fees. Listen, if you're going to go after hidden fees, I don't know. Maybe have a talk with the people who snuck $500 million of climate spending into a bill called the Inflation Reduction Act. That's true. That is true. But they're not about to do it anytime soon. It was really fascinating stuff. Okay, but I want to dive in here early on. He gets out of the gate by mistaking Chuck Schumer as the Senate minority leader. (laughs) Just so you know, if you're keeping score at home, Mitch McConnell is the Senate minority leader. But here's Biden. Clip nine. Congratulations to Chuck Schumer. Another, uh, you know, another term as Senate minority leader. Uh, You know, I think you uh, only this time you have a slightly bigger majority, Mr. Leader. You're the majority leader. About that much bigger. <laughs> Congratulations on minority leader. But this time you got a bigger because you're a majority leader. Have you ever had a check? Just a mess. He just drifts around. But again, OK, I forget things. OK, I'm 45 years old. I can make a mess of a conversation with the best of them. It's not that he gets up there and forgets who's who. OK, at one point he was trying to honor. OK, Tyree Nichols, who died. Okay, at the hands of Memphis police, very controversial police death. The parents are there in the chamber sitting next to Bono. Good gosh, haven't these people been through enough? Enough to spend the night with Bono, my Lord. But anyway, he attempts to honor them, mispronounces their kid's name. (laughs) Tells him Terrell. Okay, a mess, a mess all around when it comes to his verbal skills. 
But my bigger concern is not that he gets the names wrong. It's that the people writing these speeches knowingly get the facts wrong. Bingo. Okay, let me throw so many at you. Okay, when Biden talked about the economy, his opening statement is a lie. And every fact-checking apparatus on the planet will tell you they they did not create 12 million jobs. Not even close! Okay, the pandemic and the government response thereof is what ultimately shut things down. Like when you hear the Democrats, oh, the pandemic shut our business. No, the pandemic didn't shut the business. Okay, government shut the businesses. Mandates crushed the businesses. Enhanced unemployment benefits crushed the businesses. It was not the pandemic. The pandemic was not like, I've got it. We'll pay people more money to stay home. I've got it. We'll force them to be vaccinated whether they want it or not. I've got it. We'll shut down small businesses. Then when everybody shops at the giant big box retailers like Amazon and the wealth gap gets even bigger, we'll get back on TV and we'll start preaching about income inequality. Democrats are so full of crap. Remember, there has never been a larger generational transfer of wealth than the one we've witnessed in the last three years, where the mom and pops got shut down, so you had to shop big box. They made a gazillion bucks. The pharmaceuticals made a gazillion bucks. And when they finally reopened businesses, what did they do? Okay, they implemented vaccine mandates, they paid workers enhanced unemployment benefits, and they put the bureaucratic boot on the neck of small businesses in the process, exacerbating the wealth gap that they, you know, they claim they happen to care about. But when those businesses did reopen, jobs that had been lost came back. Entire sectors of our economy, which had been closed, came back. Okay, cruise industry wasn't sailing. Planes weren't flying. Okay, restaurants weren't serving food. Ball games weren't hosting fans. Okay, you're talking about millions of jobs that just weren't being worked. When they reopened, those aren't new jobs. Those are the same old jobs. That's what we're talking about here. And understand, it's like I've made this analogy before. If Jenny throws me out of the house, I got to go live in my car. I'm living in the Bronco for three nights. When she lets me back in eventually, because she's good like that. She does let you back in eventually. And when she lets you back in, I don't get to claim I got a new house because I'm back in the same damn house. Bingo, man. Bingo. But here is Biden claiming, claiming that he created 12 million jobs. Here it is. Clip one. The story of America is a story of progress and resilience. We're the only country that has emerged from every crisis we've ever entered stronger than we got into it. Look, folks, that's what we're doing again. Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs. More jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years because of you all, because of the American people. I mean, dude, he says he's created 12 million new jobs that is a fact check false he wasn't done with that second that sentence and every fact checking apparatus in the country sent out an update clarifying that in totality he has created not 12 million new jobs but about 2.4 million just a bit outside he tried the corner and missed but that's been the biden mo from world one you know get out there lie and lie big you know because he expects the media to have his back at every turn And while the media, they did a lot of shilling, I'm going to play you a lot of their clips. To their credit, the Republicans did kind of stand their ground. Here is Biden talking about the Inflation Reduction Act, clip four. Now some members here are threatening 
And I know it's not an official party position, so I'm not going to exaggerate. But threatening to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. As my coach. That's okay. That's fair. I mean, so he says, oh, that's all right. You want to the reason the people clapping there are Republicans. Why are they clapping? Because the Inflation Reduction Act is a terrible bill. Again, it adds money to the deficit. The interest we owe on this deficit, it's what's driving up the inflation. When you call something inflation reduction and it only makes inflation worse, not only is it a fraud, but it's... That is financial lunacy. Financial lunacy. People should want to repeal it. It was a scam. But here he is for the ultimate scam, which is the repeated claim that Republicans want to cut Social Security. Clip five. So my many some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. Unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. A conversion. You know, he was means trying to say conversation. Okay. Do Republicans have a proposal on the table to cut Social Security? The answer would be no. Did Joe Biden create 12 million jobs? The answer would be no. Does the Inflation Reduction Act reduce inflation? The answer would be no. My fellow Americans, the state of the union is that we have a president who's full of He's really old and he's senile He makes up so much crap The country's worried He's lying like it's going out of style You can't hide Joe Biden's lies For a Hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level Today, that's shopify.com slash system.
Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon getting ready for a track meet on this show today. Daniel Turner is going to be here. He's the power of the future executive director. He's going to respond to Biden's comments about big oil. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I don't doubt it. Byron Donalds was in the chamber last night from the great state of Florida. He was there. Biden and Kamala, AOC. AOC is a dope. Byron Donalds will be here to weigh in on what it was like to be there. And yes, we will react to the oversight hearing because AOC was just throwing another tantrum moments ago in front of the microphone, wanting to know why we were talking about, this is the actual claim, why are we talking about Hunter Biden's half-fake laptop? What the hell did you just say? Like, what what does half-fake mean? Half fake. Which part? Which part? You know, like you can't be half pregnant. You either are or you aren't. Correct the mundo. Every Intel apparatus in America now concedes that the Hunter Biden laptop is real, which means in this instance, AOC just flexing more weapons grade stupidity. I mean, she's a moron. I don't say that because of her gender or her ethnicity. That's a frequent liberal insulation against criticism. Go, you're just saying that because she's the powerful woman. I'm like, no, I'm saying that because she's an idiot. Okay. Idiots come in all shapes and sizes. It's not specific to any one race or gender. And if you don't believe me, you've never watched CNN. CNN is the worst. Oh, man. Well, they liked the speech last night. I'm going to get to it in a little while because Chris Wallace, Chris Wallace used to work here. Uh, Just embarrassing stuff last night. He said, that was the. Best Biden speech I've ever seen. Shut up, fool. I mean, in all honesty, the bar's not particularly high. Uh, But he just said so many dumb things. Okay, here he is getting interrupted about the border. Uh, I thought this was funny. Let's start with his clip. It's clip 10. We now have a record number of personnel working to secure the border, arresting 8,000 human smugglers, seizing over 23,000 pounds of fentanyl in just the last several months. We've launched a new border plan last month. Unlawful migration from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela has come down 97% as a consequence of that. But American border problems won't be fixed until Congress acts. Mm, Congress acts. You repealed every significant piece of border security. Here's Republicans throwing the challenge flag. Uh, Clip 11. Here in the People's House, it's our duty to protect all the people's rights and freedoms. Congress must restore the right and the. (laughs) Now listen to clip 12. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. You got it. So let's launch a major surge to stop fentanyl production and the sale and trafficking with more drug detection machines, inspection cargo, stop pills and powder at the border. You know, so the guy who repealed every significant piece of border security says we got to secure the border. This guy's a serious ass. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details.
And now, great moments in presidential history. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental filth. My physical as well as my mental fitness. Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Last night, of course, Joe Biden spoke for 72 minutes. There were two separate responses. The official Republican Party response from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, I thought she did a phenomenal job in really breaking down the fork in the road we happen to face as a country. Let me give you her reaction first. It is clip 15. In the radical left's America... Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. (laughs) I gotta be honest with you. I don't care what you thought of the speech one way or the other. She's telling you the truth. I mean, we're sitting here being lectured by people who are telling you there are no biological differences between men and women. They're crazy. I mean, she couldn't have said it any better. Let's be honest. We know there's biological differences. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Yes, sir. Not according to the left. Like, oh, hell no. What do you mean? No, the boys. <laughs> the boys get pregnant. Didn't you hear that? Didn't you understand? Oh, I'm telling you, the boys are getting pregnant all the time now. We got to put tampons in the men's rooms. Wrong. It's insanity. And I mentioned Donald Trump because he also reacted uh, to the State of the Union. Here is the Trump response to Biden. He went out and posted his own thing on Truth Social. Here it is, clip 18. Here's the real State of the Union. Over the past two years under Biden, millions and millions of illegal aliens from 160 different countries have stormed across our southern border. Drug cartels are now raking in billions of dollars from smuggling poison to kill our people and to kill our children. Savage killers, rapists, and violent criminals are being released from jail to continue their crime wave. And under Biden, the murder rate has reached the highest in the history of our country. Think about that. He's not wrong either. It's the, I mean, what are we talking about? Okay, the murder rate is through the roof. Nobody's going to jail. The border's out of control. Fentanyl's getting people killed. It's the leading cause of adult death in this country. Inflation's at a 40-year high. Biden is such a disaster. I mean, it really isn't pretty. So the Trump response there, it's a good, substantive response. And just so you understand, if we had an election tomorrow and Trump was running against Biden, I could not pull that lever hard enough for Trump because I think Biden is just a horrific president, just a shameless race baiting buffoon. I understand some people are excited because you saw him shot up with B12 last night. Adderall cocaine mixer probably got it out of Hunter's pill case. Hunter's a dirtbag. But the point is, okay, he lied through his face. 
And the country's suffering right now. So on a substantive level, Trump is way better than Biden. But it's worth noting that Trump last night went out and posted pictures of Ron DeSantis as a Georgia school teacher surrounded by his students trying to claim that DeSantis is some type of pedophile. Now, we don't have that accusation on record from any Democrat who's ever run against DeSantis in an election. And do you understand if you have dirt in the Democratic Party on somebody, you use it, whether it's true or not. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. But the point is, okay, no one's ever surfaced this before, but it's also a little rich because Trump understand he was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. I'm not saying he was dating underage girls. Believe me, there were plenty of politicians who were hanging out on Epstein Island dating underage girls. I believe that together we can make America great again. But the point is, it seems like the wrong hole to go down. In any event, because he was just slandered by Trump potentially as some type of Prince Andrew R. Kelly type, Ron DeSantis during the commercial break has just responded to the attacks from Donald Trump. Let's hear it. And I'd also just say this. I spend my time delivering results for the people of Florida and fighting against Joe Biden. That's how I spend my time. I don't spend my time trying to smear other Republicans. And basically what he's saying to Trump is, What the hell were you thinking? Because understand, okay, this is a moment right now where Biden gives a dopey State of the Union. Most major fact-checking apparatus tell you he's full of it. Okay, the country thinks 71% of the place is going in the wrong direction. Okay, Trump posting photos that DeSantis is a pedophile is a really convenient off-ramp for the media to leave behind, well, Biden screwed everything up last night. What was he on? That was crazy. Talked forever. Why was he yelling at us? Okay, instead of the focus being on Biden and what should be a clear Republican advantage, a lot of people in the media are now running with this, whoa, what's up with DeSantis? He a pedophile, which is an off-ramp for Biden. Now, I understand if they're going to potentially run against each other, they're going to want to compete. One guy's going to want to beat the other. But this is where people get really frustrated with Trump is they do – he does commit a lot of unforced errors that change the news cycle against the Republican Party. Okay, Biden had his night last night. He looked insane having it. If today's news cycle becomes what's up with DeSantis, then Biden just got away with a major escape. So to DeSantis's credit, he does not take the bait and come back at Trump and bring up Epstein Island or any of the other things Trump's allegedly done. He says, I'm just trying to help the Floridian people. And I got to tell you, man, it's rope dope stuff. When Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman, George Foreman was such a heavy, relentless power puncher. He knocked down Joe Frazier six times in two rounds. I actually think it was seven times. Down goes Frazier. That was Howard Cosell. Well, in any event, when Muhammad Ali fought George Foreman, he knew he was at such a disadvantage in terms of punching power that he leaned on the ropes for the better part of 10 rounds and let Foreman punch himself out before he finally got him breathing out of his mouth and knocked the guy out. Okay, DeSantis, in a lot of ways, is just leaning on the ropes, letting Trump call him any dumb thing he wants. He's a pedophile. He's desanctimonious. And just so you understand where we're coming from, if Trump is the nominee, I will vote for him over Biden in a second because Biden is awful. Here is Biden last night with a straight face just so you get it. I'm going to play you a clip of Biden talking about oil because we're bringing on an energy executive to discuss it. 
But you understand this is where Trump does frustrate a lot of people. It's the unforced era that changes the news cycle, that makes it about him or some other dumb, petty personal pursuit. Okay, I'm not changing the focus. I'm going to get right back in on Biden because this was laughable, laughable last night when he talked about oil. And we should probably use it for about another decade. Here it is. Clip seven. Have you noticed Big Oil just reported his profits, record profits? Last year, they made two hundred billion dollars in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway. So why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed. (laughs) And beyond that, we're going to need it. (laughs) What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Understand, he wasn't going for a laugh line there. They were laughing at just how brazenly stupid this man and the climate agenda happened to be. You understand, the people trying to legislate the climate, legislate the fossil fuel industry, Biden was one of them, okay? He ran vowing to end all subsidies for fossil fuels. That was his big campaign claim. That's the first thing he declared when he got into office and nuked the Keystone Energy Pipeline and 10,000 jobs to go with it. We're taking the war to big oil. As you'd imagine, big oil doesn't want to invest money in new production if they know they're going to get shut down. Duh. But the bigger issue here is that if we were to shut down big oil, I'm not kidding. This is not like, you know, me trying to fear monger some right wing lunatic host that gets you all razzed up. Okay, millions upon millions will people will starve and die and freeze and everything in between without fossil fuels because they power and make 99.9% of everything you consume in your life. It's not about your heat or just your gas. It's about literally every product you hold. Is it a sneaker? Is it a toy? Is it a piece of clothes? Is it a can of peanuts? Guess what? There were fossil fuels involved in producing it. So this idea, we don't even have the capacity to create enough charging stations to power every car in America. This idea that we're also going to somehow develop in the next 10 years the capacity to heat, light, cook, eat, produce, farm. The point I'm trying to make is these people are idiots and have no idea what's going on when it comes to energy production and how necessary it is in our lives. Okay, and that's why he got laughed at last night. Ah, we're going to need it for at least another decade. They died laughing. He's like, no, no, more than that then. Yeah, no, uh, a lot more than that is the bottom line. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Byron Donalds is coming up. Daniel Turner is coming up. Sean Davis is coming up. Might get some of your calls as well. 888-788-9910. Right now we're talking about the State of the Union, the response to the State of the Union. I'm going to get into the media stuff in the next hour. I just want to put it all in one nice chunk because they, man, I got to tell you, you know when like a little kid makes art and it makes you like a bookworm and it's, it's garbage, <laughs> kid can't sew, you know, one eye's like two inches higher than the other, but you're like, that was amazing. Who's my little artist? Oh my goodness. Should, should open a. Joanne Fabrics is what you should do. I mean, look at the look at the fabric work by this little kid. You're unbelievable. Oh my gosh, that was the media last night after the Biden speech. <laughs> oh, it was amazing, dude. The guy forgot who the Senate Minority Leader was. Said the wrong name in front of the parents whose son had just been killed by the Memphis police. Got caught lying on the five big pieces of uh, biggest claims he made. That was embarrassing. But the media is like, that was awesome. Way to go, Snookums. Who wants some ice cream? Let's go get some ice cream. You deserve some ice cream. It's really embarrassing stuff. Nothing more embarrassing than the position about China. Okay. Here is Biden talking about threats to our sovereignty and how we'll act. You know, after we let a spy balloon fly across the whole country and didn't do anything. Clip 13. Today, we're the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. And I'm committed... I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country. And we did. Did we really protect our country? The answer would be no. No, the balloon flew over our intercontinental ballistic missile facilities, the nukes. And the only reason he admitted it was because people spotted it, at which point they were like, yeah, you know, we knew it was there. It wasn't a threat. We weren't concerned. Come on. Don't bullshit me. Says trying to cover his butt. Okay, but he didn't send a strong message to Xi Jinping. Nor did he send a strong message to anybody in the world when he started randomly screaming about Xi Jinping. I don't know what the point of this statement is. It's interesting. Let's just hear it. It's this is I, what I'm assuming is just more of the B-12. They shot him up with kicking in. It's clip 14. Autocracy has grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. <laughs> I don't know what's I don't know what's going on there. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. I honestly I don't know. Name me a world leader that would trade paces with Xi Jinping. I would bet most of them. Xi Jinping is president for life. He has unchecked authority in the Chinese government. He is a gazillionaire. He controls the entirety of the media. He's deploying slave labor in the Hubei province, getting rich off of America. Companies like Nike and Apple. Okay, getting rich off the NBA, you know, all the companies that preach about human rights and justice and oppression here in America all go over to China, the biggest human rights abuser in the world for cheap labor. So Xi Jinping, to be honest with you, he's loving life. I don't think he's sitting around like this sucks. Everything he wants, he's getting from America. Okay, and the best part of the whole thing is clean energy.
All of the clean energy, all the solar panels, it's all manufactured by slave labor in China. Okay, when it comes to the minerals, go have a look online at the slave labor mining for all of this stuff over in parts of Africa, Nigeria. Go look at it. You talk about like, like literally in some instances, 50,000 people like just on top of each other in a mine swinging hammers. And I literally mean on top of each other. Okay, the level of oppression and human rights abuse behind green energy and the fact that most of the infrastructure is coming from China. Xi Jinping wants nothing to do with climate change. He's not signing the Paris Climate Change Agreement. He's not declaring war on his own manufacturing base because he knows everybody pushing climate change is a scam getting rich off of it. He's watched the speeches and he's watched everybody who's given them fly home in a private jet afterwards and go out to a fancy dinner. Money, 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 money. Okay, the media might overlook the hypocrisy, but world leaders don't overlook the hypocrisy. They know what's going on. Xi Jinping, Biden just starts yelling, name me one person that would trade with Xi Jinping. I think Biden would, in all honesty. Biden tries to control the media. Biden tried to force medicine on everybody. I mean, really think about that. Biden doesn't seem to have any issue with pushing a domestic energy agenda that's going to deploy massive quantities of slave labor. I mean, in all seriousness, I don't know what we sat through last night. I don't. I'm going to play the media reaction, and they're going to tell you it was the greatest thing you've ever seen. It was so forceful. I love the way the there's a clip of Chris Wallace, like where he baited the Republicans to heckle him. That was master stagecraft. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's getting heckled because he lied. And if you highlight this exchange, most people who don't know the truth, if they're objective observers, are going to go Google it. And when they Google it, they're going to find out that Joe Biden was lying his old droopy nuts off. Come on, man. That's the bottom line. So we'll get into it in the next hour. Byron Donalds was there. He'd box seats. He'll stop by. Daniel Turner's going to be here as well. We'll get into some Sean Davis action. And, of course, some much-needed you and me time when we come back right here on the big, bad, one and only, internationally renowned, high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we always do from the tippy top of the Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big hour of Fox Cross America coming up. We're talking about Joe Biden's State of the Union address with Byron Donalds. He was there in the chamber last night watching the 72-minute speech go down. That was absolutely dreadful. Hopefully he got hazard pay for that, but okay. The media, the media, as we get underway in this hour, want you to believe otherwise. They want you to believe it was a tour de force. You're not telling me the truth. And that's what we're going to get into, 888-788-9910. Let's head over to start. I guess we'll just go over to CNN. Here is Wolf Blitzer declaring this was the best speech he's ever heard from Biden. Now, to be clear... It's not a very high bar. Okay, Joe Biden is a guy who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. Famously, sending in the punt team on second down. Uh, It's a mess. Okay, but here is Wolf Blitzer. And this is where propaganda press makes it so hard for the apolitical viewer, a person who just, you know, wants to tune in and form their own opinion. Give me the facts. Tell me what you think. Let me fact check some of these claims. You know, let me make my own determination. 
You know, what Fox did last night, which we deserve a lot of credit for as a network, is we don't put opinion people on to cover the State of the Union. All the other networks did, okay? We put on the actual, okay, news anchors. Brett Baer, Martha McCallum, so Dana Perino in there, okay, giving you real analysis, not pom-poms and cheering and screaming and yelling if it's a Republican or, you know, fangirling out if it's a Democrat like they did over at CNN. Here is Wolf Blitzer, though, batting leadoff, clip 21. I've heard uh, President Biden, going back to his 36 years in the U.S. Senate, deliver a lot of speeches over the years. I've covered him for many, many years. I've gotten to know him a bit. Uh, I think this was the best speech I have ever heard him deliver. He was passionate. It was extremely well written. He clearly had practiced it, uh, and he, he, he delivered a powerful message to the American people. Are you stupid or something? You know, the guy who lied about job creation, mispronounced the name of an honoree, made Chuck Schumer the minority leader instead of the majority leader. That was the best speech I've ever seen. It's really it's silly. But here's Chris Wallace. Okay, he used to be one of our colleagues here at Fox News. And to be clear, I always enjoyed having Chris Wallace on the radio, even if my audience was like, No, God! No, God! <laughs> well, that being said, I always enjoyed him. And I thought he would give us a measured take on just about everything he said. You know, the allegation against Chris Wallace when he was here is that, oh, I was in the tank for the Democrats. I'm telling you, Jimmy, he's in the tank for the Democrats. Well, I don't know that he is. I, I didn't honestly have that objective takeaway from talking to him here on the air or off. But uh, either he's working at CNN now and just wearing the uniform or, yes, you guys were all right. I was wrong. He has been in the Democrat in the tank of the Democrats the whole time because here he is saying that taunting the Republicans helped Biden, which I just think is so laughable, because when you bring more attention to what you're getting heckled for, if what you're getting heckled for happens to be a lie, you're going to bring more attention to the fact that you're telling a lie. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. Most of these people that analyze politics, it's so weird to me. It's really weird. Like, I'm a former cab driver. I have no background in anything. You know, you talk to people. You drive around. You think your way through a lot of situations. Oh, some weirdos in the back. Some pantless time traveler. Oh, some junkie shooting. You know, you're always trying to think a step ahead. I'm amazed nobody thinks a step ahead. Here is some very intellectually lazy commentary by Chris Wallace, clip 22. I don't think there's any doubt that that was the magic moment. The speech went on, what, an hour and An hour and, 15, hour and 12, yeah. Uh, uh, minutes, and what everybody's going to remember, what all the clips are going to be tomorrow morning on the news are of that moment when the president, I don't know that you could say he baited or provoked them, but he certainly was very happy when he got the response he got from Republicans on issues like whether or not they're going to hold the economy hostage and not raise the debt limit, whether or not they're going to cut Social Security or Medicare. And he milked that moment. Once the the Republicans started responding, you saw people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. We couldn't hear what she said, but she was shouting at him and uh, Lauren Boebert. She called him a liar. He engaged. He loved it. And, and that is the moment people are going to remember. And to the degree that people had questions about the vigor and the resilience of this president, I, he did as well as he could tonight. Yeah. Would you shut up? Seriously, Chris Wallace is making millions of dollars at his job to deliver that level of analysis. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to perform like that. Pitiful. For millions of dollars, I would have felt guilty taking the money. Oh, he demonstrated a lot of vigor. The way he stood up there and lied with passion. 
Do you understand if Chris Wallace, by his own admission, these are the only clips that people are going to be playing and talking about, of those moments where he got into it with Republicans. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, because those were issues where the guy was lying. Is any Are the Republicans vowing any of them to cut Social Security? The answer would be no. No. Okay, and everything else they yelled at him and heckled him about, like fentanyl and securing the southern border, Joe Biden is the reason we have a porous southern border. So what you're talking about is the guy throwing on pom-poms. He's over. no, you don't understand. CNN's not liberal anymore. We're just objective reporting with Chris Wallace. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. I mean, did you hear that? No, I think it's good that tomorrow when people get out of bed, they're going to watch these heckling clips and Google what the divide was and understand that he wasn't telling the truth. So stupid. These people are lazy. I'm so su- I'm surprised by the laziness. Like, I'll give you a Morning Joe clip right here. No, understand. Morning Joe hates himself. This you cannot imagine the self-loathing in this man's body on a given day. Joe Scarborough was a guy who hung out with Donald Trump. Like uh, most people in the media, this is a thing really quickly. All the people in the media that hate Trump were friends with Trump until he ran for president. They were on Celebrity Apprentice. They went to his wedding. They went to his next wedding. <laughs> they hung out. He was part of the fabric of polite society. He went on The View all the time. He's interviewed by Barbara Walters a zillion times. He went on Morning Joe all the time. He went on Howard Stern when Howard Stern was the king of all media. Now Howard Stern whines so much he's more like the Prince Harry of all media. But the point is a lot of people who hate Trump who try to tell you he's Hitler, okay, if he's like literally Hitler, this crazy despot, doesn't that make them an accomplice seeing as they were part of his show part of his public persona for multiple decades? Of course it does. Nothing they're saying is true. They hate Trump because in a lot of ways he's rendered them irrelevant. As showbiz people with gargantuan egos, they really don't like being in a room where they are no longer the most important thing in the world. I'm telling you that boy's a genius. Okay, but getting past all of that, a lot of people like Joe Scarborough who are just self-hating white people, okay, hate other white people so they don't have to look inward at the things they hate about themselves. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. So here's Scarborough mad that the GOP is acting like they were raised in a barn. Clip 23. Uh, Very different tones last night between okay, President wait, 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 Biden's wait, 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 mostly wait, optimistic looking State of the Union. anybody play this game? <laughs> Why? It's my former party. No. So stupid. They, they, they like, like, he fed it to them and they, boop. The, the booing? Yeah. The, the, the call? Like, we said yesterday on the show, Republicans, he wants you to yell. He wants you to shout. As my grandma bring a from Dalton, Georgia would say, he wants you to act like you were raised in a barn. Don't you have any respect for yourself? No, not even a little. So what's the big outrage there? Republicans acting like they're raised in a barn. They yelled. They booed, said Joe Scarborough. How are they so stupid, said Joe Scarborough. Do you know what the Democrats did at Trump's State of the Union addresses? Not only did they boo, not only did they yell, not only did they all wear red claiming it was the handmaid's tale and women had lost all of their rights in this country. They're crazy. That was a thing, remember? 
One year they all wore white and went the other way because women are oppressed in this country. Oh, my God. But getting past all of that, they ripped up Trump's State of the Union. You're talking to me about decorum. Joe Scarborough cheered Nancy Pelosi when she ripped up Trump's State of the Union. Do you understand? Oh, that's a girl boss. That's a power move. That's sending a message to the rest of America that they're not going to take it. That's Morning Joe. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a Ph.D. in stupidity. People, this uh, is very important. I say this a lot on the radio. It's very important. It's not political. Okay, self-awareness is the most important thing in the world. It's so important to you, your career, your relationships, and everything else. Remind yourself from time to time to ask yourself, hey, do I sound like an idiot? Hey, am I operating from a place of emotion that's clouding my judgment and getting me to take positions that reflect very poorly on myself and my intellect? Just ask yourself the question. And when you're wrong, don't be afraid to admit it. Believe me, I do stupid things all the time. Okay, and I constantly ask myself, which is shocking considering how many stupid things you see me do on national television. I'm still constantly asking myself so I don't make an emotionalist statement, a dumb statement that contradicts a previous statement or a previous opinion that's pretty well known. Every single Democrat cheered for booing Trump. When they booed Trump, look at these girls standing up for their rights. Nancy Pelosi ripped the speech. She's a girl boss. Look at her go. The Republicans show up and heckle Biden for brazenly lying, brazenly lying. And Joe Scar was like, how dare you? Unbelievable. What were you raised in a barn? I've never seen anything like it. That's Joe Scarborough with a straight face because he has no self-awareness whatsoever. Get him out of here. Get him out. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. About to bring on a guest who watched the entire State of the Union address. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. And he joins us now to collect the hazard pay we rightfully owe him. Daniel Turner is here, Executive Director of Power of the Future. Hey, girl. Hey, am I your little itty-bitty pretty one right now, Jimmy? You playing that song for me? That's kinky. That's a hell of a way to start. <laughs> Who do you think you are, Jill Biden and Douglas Emhoff? <laughs> Boy, that was some odd make-out in the balcony, right? I mean, <laughs> we're just going to ignore that? I... That was one of my favorite moments of the whole thing. And what's even better is every time Kamala kisses her husband in public, they both have masks on. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, they do kiss with masks, but you can kiss someone else's open spouse with, like, full full. Full open mouth nonsense going on there for the Congress to see. Very, that was just the beginning of a very odd. Um, boy, Jimmy, I got to tell you, there wasn't enough blood, there wasn't enough bourbon and Marlboro Lights last night to make the pain go away. That's funny because I had I had a similar experience, and I only, to my credit, I cooked for Jenny and Lincoln last night. I only actually had one glass of wine because I had an op-ed to write, so I switched to coffee. Um, right. 
but I uh, I wound up eating probably 12 pounds more than I was supposed to because I you need something. As you're sitting – like if you're watching this stuff and you actually like follow issues, he was lying. I mean every other word out of his mouth was a lie, whether it was job creation or anything else. Mm-hmm. But it was just also the other reality, which is that we watch him every day so you can tell when he shot up on drugs. And it's like yes. I'm sitting there with my child and my wife and the people who matter the most to me making peace with the fact that we're governed by a man who has to be shot up with drugs like it's a horse. And they gave him LASIK to make him run the race. And that's like not comforting, you know? Yeah, he was he was loaded up with more amphetamines than, than you know, yeah, than a racehorse. And, and, <laughs> um, and then he had those bizarre – and I agree with everything you said, obviously. A lot of lies, a lot of – misstatement of facts uh, which is another nice way of saying lie but then just those weird bouts of anger where name me someone who would replace Xi Jinping name me one world leader who will take the place with Xi Jinping name one he's screaming and I'm wondering what the hell are you talking about I don't I don't know like the 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 bouts of, of pure anger over over nonsensical so he has a little bit of Don Quixote and a little bit of Walter Mitty he's having these battles with windmills that only exist in his mind it's so crazy because my we went we just went through this with my family my late great uncle Sonny had dementia and uh we would watch exactly what we were watching like literally last night on the couch Lincoln said oh Uncle Sonny because he just started mm. randomly yelling, you know, and that's what happens to him from time to time. But it looks nastier when he's hopped up on the wind stroll or whatever the hell they stuck in him. It's a really weird thing to watch. But to his point about Xi Jinping, uh, he's making Xi Jinping rich right now with all this clean energy, garbage and slave labor and anything in between. Did you get a kick out of the Republicans laughing at him for his oil claim? That was great, um, and I was glad that it devolved into that because the State of the Union is performance art, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to stand there and say, like, well, we should sit there with our decorum and just nod and polite clapply. Hell no. If you're going to get out there and just say lies, then we're going to start screaming at you. A lot of people likened it to the U.K. where they have questions with the prime minister, and uh-huh. it is raucous and screaming. And uh-huh. quite frankly, I was happy to see the Republicans pushing back. It's a lie to say we need oil for at least 10 years because I don't know of another way to make plastic or laundry detergent or aspirin or the hundreds of millions of products that come from petrochemicals, let alone just actual gas or jet fuel, but hundreds of millions of products that come from petrochemicals. So it's a lie to say we need it for at least 10 years because we need it right now forever. But it's also curious to say, well, if we need it and you're admitting we need it, then why can't we develop it in America? Why are you buying it from Iran? Why are you buying it from – you're making deals with Venezuela and the Saudis. You went over there, and I was on your show talking about it. Mm -hmm. You went over to the Saudi Arabia begging them to produce. So what the hell is wrong with you, you crazy old man? If you admit we need oil, why can't we have American oil? Uh, it's, a, it's a fair question. We're talking to Daniel Turner, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. Uh, the, the, the lecture on decorum, too, I only found rich because the Democrats have screamed at Trump. They've dressed up in handmaid's costumes. And, oh, by the way, their boss girl, Nancy Pelosi, famously ripped up his speech, and they all said that was the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And and they really, you know, I I don't like the State of the Union. I wish it were canceled because it is just performance theater. But Nancy Pelosi also began that that uh, State of the Union by foregoing the customary uh, 
you know, members of Congress, it is my high honor and distinct pleasure. Yeah. She just said, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. And then at the end, mm-hmm. she ripped up the speech. So she made it very clear that Donald Trump was not welcome in the speaker's house. So, yeah. yeah. And, but this is this is kind of standard for the, for the left. And we have a number of Republicans, and I say Mitt Romney is the king of them. We have a number of Republicans who will get punched in the teeth for year after year. And then when they have power, they say, well, we're not going to use the same tactics of the left because we're above that. And then what happens? The left gets power again, and they punch us in the teeth year after year. I don't like the fact that we are punching each other in the teeth, quite frankly. But if you think I'm going to sit there and get my head pounded in and not punch back, you're absolutely crazy. And, you know, kudos to Mitt, who stood every single time with the Democrats. So, you know, you hated Trump with all of your might, and I get it. A lot of Republicans didn't like Trump, but your acquiescence and your obsequiousness with the with the Biden administration to show bipartisan decorum <laughs> is just nauseating. And I think we dodged the bullet that you lost your election in 2012. You absolute coward of a man. I'm going to put you down as a maybe on Mitt Romney. You're the best. <laughs> Daniel Turner, I miss you already, buddy. We'll do it again sooner, right, brother? Thanks, Jimmy. You're the best. And that's his message to Republicans. We've got one coming up next. You've got to get mad. It is Fox Across America. Your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Byron Donalds in a few minutes here. He's, of course, superstar representative from the great state of Florida, he was on with Don Lemon this morning. Wow. I met Don Lemon at the White House Correspondents' Dinner at a little bit of a cocktail party. And then I met him at a media party uh, over the Christmas season here in New York. And uh, it's pretty funny that, you know, when it comes to TV talent, you know, everything looks so hostile on the air sometimes. But on, for the most part, people are friendly. You know, when you get together at these parties, they're actually friendly. I once, if you remember... I posted a picture last year from the correspondence dinner of me and Kennedy with Don Lemon. That was the worst thing I ever heard. No, I don't agree with his politics at all. Uh, Don Lemon was actually, you know, pretty nice at the party. But the most disturbing thing I wa- witnessed at that party, if you remember me telling you this story, was Secretary Mayorkas, who's in charge of securing the border, fangirled to meet Don Lemon. Like he literally like lost his mind waiting in line to meet Don Lemon as he was talking to some other friends. My Orcus was there waiting to see him like it was like the Beatles had made it into Shea Stadium for the first time and all the girls are screaming. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, the guy who's in charge of securing the border is excited to meet the guy who says securing the border is racist. This could be a problem, a big problem. And it might explain a lot of what's going on at our southern border. But right now I'm trying to explain what's going on in other corners of the media where other people weighed in last night. Here's Jonathan Carl uh, talking about. Biden making the Republicans look angry and rude. It's clip 25. He came across as optimistic, hopeful. Uh, He seemed to be having a good time up there. And even when he was delivering some of those harsh attacks on Republicans, he was doing it with a smile. Not the name calling he's done in the past. There was no talk of MAGA, you know, extremists, ultra MAGA Republicans. Uh, And the reaction from the Republicans, uh, at least the backbench Republicans who were heckling him and jeering him, played exactly into his message. They made the contrast. He was able to, for a moment anyway, George, portray the Republican opposition as a bunch of angry hecklers, uh, people that, uh, that, that were bitter and rude. 
I mean, come on. Understand this whole idea, like when you start high-horsing me on decorum and anger, the Democrats booed Trump. The Democrats wore coordinated outfits. The Democrats ripped up his speech and cheered Pelosi for doing it. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. But I got to tell you, when it comes to dumb takes, I think the dumbest one of the whole night was not all the stuff cheering for Biden and saying what a good good job he did. Whatever. I get it. You're a homer, Chris Wallace. Yay, Democrats. Here's Rachel Maddow lamenting the fact that Bernie Sanders was the only one wearing a mask, which is only funny because everybody else watching it was like, why the hell is Bernie even wearing a mask? It's clip 26. A thousand people in that room. I have to say, I know this is wrong. But it does give me the oogs a little bit to see the average age in that room and then to see precisely one mask in the entire room. I mean, like, I realize that we're in a different position with the COVID pandemic, but these are a lot of very important, very powerful, for the most part, very old people. (laughs) And there's a thousand of them in the room and they're going to be in there screaming together for several hours. And Bernie Sanders is the only mask that I've seen. I mean, think about that. (laughs) Bernie Sanders is the only mask. Are you stupid or something? Okay, here's a news flash. News flash. A news flash. Do you speak any English? Apparently not. Here's a news flash, Rachel Maddow. Masks, are you ready for it? Masks don't work. That's true. That is true. Every single study that has come out says the masks offer little to no protection against COVID. Okay, but let's not act like Rachel Maddow is the picture of scientific expertise. This is the same woman who told you in March of 2021 that vaccinated people could not get COVID. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were... Right? Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way, now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means... The vaccines will get us to the end of this. Not only are vaccinated people getting and spreading COVID, but vaccinated people in the most recent data available to us made up the highest percentage of people who died from COVID. So when you hear somebody like Rachel Maddow being like, where's the masks? The masks are a waste of time, just like the vaccine. And I'm not being like, oh, it's a hoax and COVID and anything in between. I'm just here to tell you the truth. (laughs) Everybody in the media, okay, their job is to try to be relevant. That's what they want to be. They want to be relevant. So they're all trying to find this unique take. Oh, I think it was good that Biden baited the Republicans. Oh, I think it was powerful that he lied his face off. He had such vigor. Oh, I think it was good that Bernie Sanders wore a mask. Okay. the point is, each and every one of you are just engaged in a stampede of stupidity. I'm surrounded by idiots. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon doing the damn thing. A big Wednesday episode of the show. I know a lot of you were up all night watching the State of the Union. This next guest was up all night attending the State of the Union. And joining us now to give us a review from the box seats, superstar representative from the great state of Florida, Byron Donalds, back on the show. Hey, man. Jimmy, aren't you glad I'm on the show to tell you how it went? <laughs> my insider. My man on the inside. There it is. What am, I'm, like, I'm like the Brian Windhorse of Congress or something. <laughs> well, it's better than being the Stephen A. Smith. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's who I love Stephen A. Shut up. Me, well, Stephen A., he was on Hannity with me last, last week. We were hanging out in the green room last Thursday night talking sports. And uh, he gave me some good intel. I just like heckling him because uh, he always heckles Hannity. He comes to, he comes to Fox because he's Stephen A. Smith. You know what I'm saying? He lives in the People's Republic right. of Stephen A. Smith. He walks right in and starts taking shot at Sean's shirt. Yelling at him for his collar, that he's going at it with me for my Super Bowl theory. You know, he's Kool Aid. You know, Kool Aid just roller skates through the wall and starts, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Stephen A. Yep. So, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm probably the first member of Congress who might do first take. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there into the atmosphere. You know? <laughs> so, you're my man on the inside, and I'm now your media booker. Is that the exchange? Yes. You got it. You All got right. it, Jimmy. That's the relationship. Let me get America, to, that's what we're doing. Let me get to work on that. Well, as a Brian Windhorse, uh, as you self described yourself, Brian Windhorse yeah. was around, around a lot of locker rooms. He probably would have noticed if one of the players seemed to be shot up with some type of performance enhancer. Did they put a little too much <laughs> caffeine in the old White House coffee pot last night? Why was he so amped up and yelling? Was I don't know. He yells. Like, first of all, in the chamber, what most people don't understand is the acoustics are actually really bad mm-hmm. in the house chamber. The sound system is not good. You figured all, all the trillions of dollars we spend, we'd have a good sound system. It's actually not true. Wow. And then he mumbles mm-hmm. and he speaks fast and he mispronounces words. And it's it's. Then he starts yelling. So there's things in the speech you're like, wait, what did he say? And we're having to, like, confirm it with other people. Did he just say that? Yeah, that's what he said. You know, members are texting their staffs. Hey, did you hear that? Um, it's, it's, it's tough. But the speech was still very just incoherent and all over, the, all over the place. My favorite is that at the beginning of the speech, he was blasting Big Pharma. But at the end of the speech, he's praising Big Pharma for helping him with his cancer moonshot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of a have it both ways mentality going there. Um, what I thought was interesting was oil. You know, he made a ridiculous claim, you know, we'll need oil for at least another decade, which is technically true. But uh, the idea that he'd admit to needing oil but not want it to be produced here is kind of a weird cell phone, too, isn't it? It's ridiculous and it makes no sense. Jimmy, if you tell a company, hey, I want your product, but I only need it for 10 years, they're not going to do the necessary investment to have it ready. You might get five years of production because nobody's going to lend them more than 10 years worth of money because you're going to shut them down in 10 years. This is the problem for the oil guys. And look, the honest truth is we are always going to need petroleum. Mm -hmm. Petroleum, oil, whatever you want to call it, is in just about every product that people buy in the United States. And you want to know why we're still going to be using oil in the United States? Because every lady listening to your show loves to get her hair done. I promise you this. If the choice is between not getting my hair done and developing oil, the choice, the, the choice is going to be to develop oil. <laughs> you got a lot. Just telling well, you. The, the green energy movement comes with a lot of bad hairdos. 100%. You know, that's why, you know, the bowl cut, the, you know, typically, you know, older ladies on the Democrat side of the aisle use, like the older, the, yeah, yeah. the bowl cut, you know, where it's, you know, your color is not good. Yeah, that's it. 
There's just a lot of women in America that's not going to stand for that, man. And and that is not a sexist statement. That no. is an accurate statement. No, they need the petroleum. Byron Donalds is on the, right, on, the Byron Donalds is on the show, superstar representative from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. Were you uh, part of the crowd that heckled him on fentanyl, or, or were you just there watching it in amusement? No, I I heckled him because it was it, well, good for you, Jimmy. Man, it was really um, it was an obscene way he went about talking about it. Mm-hmm. He was talking about fentanyl as if he had kept all of Donald Trump's policies on the border. Yeah, when you talk to the border agents, they tell you firsthand. When he came in, he changed the procedures. The drug cartels know this, so they have the drug cartels have ramped up their trafficking. They're human trafficking to the southern border, and they give they tell the migrants to go walk right up to the border agents and just give themselves up. Mm-hmm. The reason they do this is because the border agents, instead of turning them back and sending them back south of the border, now are processing everybody that they come into counter with. Yeah. So what happens is you have a border agent that's dealing with 30 people, 40 people, and he's having to do paperwork. Well, then the gotaways, quote-unquote, they just come running in the open gaps. This is real simple stuff. You know what this is like, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. It's like somebody running a spread offense. Yep. And all you're trying to do when you run a spread offense is you're trying to get DBs having to cover too much ground, and you start hitting them in seams and hitting them in cracks. That's what the drug cartel is doing to us. It's unbelievable. The drug cartel is Vince Young running a read option at the southern border. This is craziness, yeah. but it's, it's a great analogy. You, no, you got sense. it right. That's exactly what's happening. Well, not, not Vince Young yeah. per se, because I actually like him. No, no, he's good. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> this is correct. <laughs> That's so funny. It's the kind of analysis you get on Fox Across America. Well, I wanted to make this point. A lot of the things you called the Republicans out for, I actually thought made them look better. Like when he highlighted that some Republicans want to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, that's, I, to me, a bright spot for Republicans because the Re- Inflation Reduction Act doesn't reduce inflation. Nope. Yeah, my buddy Andy Ogles out of Tennessee has that bill. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I got to give it to a freshman member of Congress when he comes up with something good. Shout out to Andy Ogles. Mm-hmm. But his Inflation Reduction Act, like he likes to call it, is just like the baby sister of the Green New Deal. That's yeah. all it is. The thing is chock full of green subsidies, and then they did like they threw inflation, uh, insulin caps on there, yeah. and they call it inflation reduction. That's what the bill does. It was obscene spending, and it's ridiculous. We should repeal it. Thank you. We're talking to Byron Donalds from the 19th Congressional District of Florida. I mean, the biggest question you and I have to get to, while I still have you on the line, is uh, are we betting the Eagles or the Chiefs? I, I got to go Chiefs, man. Right. Pat- Patrick Mahomes is that dude, he and. Is. I've seen many a defense say, yeah, we can get him, we could get him, and he just has a way. But if there's a team that can beat this Chiefs team, it's this Eagles team. They they have so much talent, top to bottom. You know, the only team that's more talented than this team, you know, were, were my Cowboys. Um, but, you know, my quarterback. Didn't get the job done. But yeah, I think I think yeah. Pat Mahomes is gonna get the job done. He listen. He is a hardcore dude. Uh, he he really is. And uh, having an extra week to rest, you know, he might look a little more mobile than he did last week, where he rolled out on that final play and might have benefited from two or three holding uh, non calls from the referees. But the point is, he got it done. Uh, and, and he's a tough guy to bet against. The one thing I think favors the Chiefs is that it's a neutral site game, because I wouldn't want to play in Philly. Like Kansas City has no. great fans. But Philly has, like, relentless fans. You know what I'm saying? 
like notice my commentary on the Philadelphia Eagles as well. I'm still in DC. Yeah. Uh, if I'm in, if I'm in, if I'm in the uh, confines, the city limits of Philadelphia, I'm gonna keep my opinions to myself. <laughs> yeah, well, I was telling Jim Jordan yesterday on the show. <laughs> I was telling Jim Jordan, I'm like, the Philly fans, they literally egged San Francisco's bus last week, uh, two weeks ago. Well, eggs are seven dollars a carton. They're still throwing eggs. Like that's a commitment to heckling. That you don't see around the league. You think anybody else is throwing eggs at seven bucks a carton? No, nah, but you know, Philadelphia is a blue city, man. So they yeah. probably got a subsidy from the federal government. <laughs> you know. They're they're actually hitting San Francisco with organic eggs. There's some like free range <laughs> cage. It's even more demoralizing. That's funny, funny stuff. Uh, last question, I'll let you go because there was one other thing. Yeah. The common thread through this whole process was just more. I thought big government. I mean, I thought that's what the whole speech was was like an ode to big government. So what does that say in terms of this standoff uh, as far as it pertains to the debt ceiling going forward? Is this thing about to get uglier before it gets pretty? Uh, I think it's going to get uglier because we have to cut spending. Mm-hmm. I mean, he spent $5 trillion more dollars than we need than we have in the, in the normal course of governmental spending mm-hmm. on these phony pandemic uh, bills. They were phony bills. They're all payoffs to people in their interest groups. And so we're going to have to cut all that stuff out of the budget baseline. People are talking about, oh, well, you already did the Inflation Reduction Act. You already did the American Rescue Plan. What do you want to cut? Mm-hmm. But that, a lot of that stuff gets into the budget baseline. you got to take that stuff pre-pandemic. Yep. The Democrats aren't going to want to do that. So it's going to get uglier before it gets better. But I think the key thing is for you know the, the capital markets is we're going to increase the debt ceiling. It's just a matter of what the negotiations come out with. And if congressional Democrats think that they're just going to be able to hide behind, um, you have to raise the debt ceiling, that's just not going to be good enough. Because, you know, like Jimmy, everybody says, oh, you got to pay the debts. You got to pay the debts. I agree. You do. Mm -hmm. But what the credit agencies and what the markets also want to see is the Congress get its spending under control for once. Yeah, imagine that's what that. they want to see. No, it's going to be it's going to be important for the country. Yeah, imagine that because Congress really is, for all intents and purposes. Do you remember when you're young and you're single, you went to the bar, and you had that friend who always wanted to send a round of drinks over to that group of girls, but he never had any money to chip in. It's like they, yeah. they got a lot of good ideas, uh, but yeah. you, you generally wind up subsidizing most of them. That's the problem. Yeah, I had a buddy or two like that. You know, you had to split the bill. And I'm like, I didn't talk to her. I was on the phone. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Well, good, good intel as always. Uh, I will be rooting for your Chiefs because my, my son gave them out. I was in Reno this weekend doing stand-up. My son came on stage and made a cameo and declared to the crowd that the Chiefs are going to win and cover the spread in a casino. So in a casino, I'm, I'm kind of carrying some liability here. So uh, if you don't hear from me for a few weeks, it's because the Eagles won the Super Bowl and I'm in hiding. Uh, I got you, man. Listen, whatever you do, don't call me. <laughs> there it is. A, a friend to the end. You're the best, BD. I'll see you soon. Hilarious. See you, Jimmy. There he goes, the great Byron Donald. <laughs> Yo, did you hear that? Guy comes on the show every week. He's the best. Yeah, Byron, I might be in a pickle. Yeah, don't call me. This is politics as usual. Is it ever? So funny. The Link Man was on stage Saturday night. We were in Carson City, Nevada. Seriously, like the funniest weekend of my life so far. It was just so funny. Just dragging Lincoln onto the stage. Just, you know, mouthing off, having a good time. But during the Q&A, somebody asked him who was going to win the Super Bowl because he's been giving out picks on the show. Now, as far as that show is concerned, he did predict the Chiefs. Uh, But we revisit, you know, we have the right to revisit that pick. He's going to be on the show Friday closing out the week. He might have changed his analysis. I can't promise you that's a thing. 
Uh, but believe me, the big financial battle, as Byron Donalds was saying, is not between you and Lincoln Fela. It's between me and Lincoln Fela, honestly. Kid's expensive. And it's between the members of Congress who cannot agree on this debt ceiling. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. We've got a big hour of Fox Across America coming up. Sean Davis is going to be here. He is the co founder of The Federalist. He is another man who, like myself, watched the State of the Union last night and is here to go over the good, the bad, and the Dosage of B12 they shot Biden up with before trotting him out to the podium. He was hopped up, yelling and screaming. And we're going to explain why uh, in this hour. 888-788-9910. It's like we're conducting a state of the union, state of the union. You know, it's like a Russian doll box of state of the unions. They just keep, in, keep opening up into new ones. Last night after Biden spoke, he, of course, was met with a response from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, and I wanted to give you some of those reactions because I got to tell you what she's doing, what the Republicans are trying to do, and I will give them credit for this. So they're trying to talk substance. They're trying to talk about the fundamentals of this country. In a way, I, it's really wild to watch this go on. But basically, we've got one side of the country like actually desperate for a real engagement on substance. We have another side that just wants to call everybody white supremacists and transphobes and homophobes to try and get their way, which doesn't actually amount to progress to anybody but them. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Okay, bottom line. Okay, here is Sarah Huckabee Sanders, though, because she was talking about the nation and the division and everything else. Let's start with her response to Joe Biden last night. It is clip 15. In the radical left's America... Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices, empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race, but not to love one another or our great country. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. (laughs) Think about that. They're not wrong. Okay, it's past the point of, you know, having actual substantive debates. Like we're now yelling that if you don't want to bring your kid to see a drag show, you're some kind of a monster. Stop bringing little kids to drag shows, you perverts. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you there. But this is what's gone on. You see, the fight for power has gotten so bitter and so hostile. And there's just two philosophies. The Republican philosophy is like, well, we'll show it to them on paper and we'll explain the math of how this affects the economy and how this will affect people. But in this day and age, it's actually an inefficient strategy. The Democrats are better at this because they're just running on emotions. They cater to a group of people whose emotions are their facts. You can tell them anything, no matter how reckless or how stupid or demonstrably false it is. If it empowers them emotionally, they will support the cause. This is how we got to where we were with, like, defund the police. I meant to play these clips earlier. We have, you know, Cory Bush, a good example. Cory Bush was on CNN last night. 
flat out telling us that the only police training we're getting is they're training cops to kill black people. I want you to hear this. There's a reason I want you to hear it. It's clip 29. I'm paraphrasing, but no amount of training um, could have could have helped that. And so I'm going to say, yes, I agree to that, that that is not a training issue. The training that is received is something that uh, allows black people to be killed, you know, um, disproportionately in this country. So putting more money there is not it, that's not how we fix this problem. And, and the reason one reason why I go back to that is because I remember when Philando Castile was was murdered uh, when he was killed. Uh, more money. The governor said we're going to put more money with something like 12 million dollars or something like that. We're going to put more money into training. Well, then, you know, George Floyd is is dead. Um, so is that training? So when she says, okay, just I want to be clear. She she says the police are disproportionately killing black people. Do we have any stats on that? The answer would be no. The old adage is when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. Put up or shut up. Cori Bush hasn't put up and she hasn't shut up. But what she has done is pay a private police detail $210,000 a year to protect her. So when she's saying we got to defund the police, all this stuff, it's not affecting her life. It's affecting yours. But the reason I bring it up is because this whole, again, demonization of police is ultimately harming black people, not at the hands of the cops. Okay, she named two black people that have been killed by the cops. And again, one is too many. But the number one threat to a black man's life in America Not heart disease, not diabetes, certainly not COVID, obviously not climate change. Sadly, tragically, the number one threat, go look it up. You got Google in your phone as you're listening to me? Look it up. The number one threat to a black man's mortality rate in America is another black man. The number one killer of black Americans is black Americans. And that's where Democrats have failed the black community by just telling you the real problem here is everybody else is racist. No. Okay, the real problem here is there's a direct correlation between high rates of violent crime and low rates of economic opportunity. The Democrats care about any community, okay, but specifically the black one, which is what they try to piggyback off of as relentlessly as they do. Then what you do is you create opportunity, economic upward mobility in the inner cities of of this country, of the Democratic states, every one of these states with ballooning crime rates. Okay, Philadelphia, New York, Los Angeles, Milwaukee, Detroit, Baltimore. Okay, any of these major cities where the murder rate is spiking, one of the main reasons it's spiking is because there's a direct correlation between high, high rates of violent crime, low rates of economic opportunity. And what that basically means is most violent crimes are crimes of opportunity, rapes, robberies, murders, crimes of opportunity. People attempt crimes of opportunity when they don't have a lot of options to make money legally. This is not specific to any one race. Okay? If you put a million black people in a neighbor a million black people in a neighborhood and they're dirt poor, okay, you know whose behavior there's is going to be the same as a million white people, a million Asian people, a million Muslim people, okay? The rising tide that lifts all boats is the economy. Okay, it's flooding the zone with economic upward mobility. The Democrats don't do that. They subsidize poverty because the poverty will continue to vote for their subsidy. 
at which point that government codependency allows the Democrats to win elections. But does it actually improve the quality of life of anyone pulling a voter, uh, a voting lever for them? The answer would be no. Not at all. And that's the scam of this whole thing. And the only reason I bring it up is because, you know, getting past the fact that they push the defund the police, which black community does disproportionately rely on. The biggest impediment to black America is not all the straw man racist arguments, okay, the Democrats are making. It's the Democrats themselves. The Democrats do not support school choice. School choice, okay, which traps black students in failing city schools. It is off the table in the Democratic Party. Why? Because the teachers union is the biggest lobbying wing of the Democratic Party. So every time they get out there, and they say, oh, the Republicans, they hate the black community. They're holding us down. America, it's systemically racist. The Democratic Party is systemically racist because they oppose the things that would help the most. Okay, and one of the reasons they do this, this is you got to understand this, is they get to have it both ways. They get to go, well, you know, the Republicans, they're not helping the black people as the Democrats are trapping their children in failing city schools while at the same time making money making money off of the failing city schools themselves who make all of their lobbying donations to the Democrats. That is the scam. And then they can just get out there and warn you about racism. Here's Biden last night. I lost my mind over this because it's such bad parenting. Okay, Biden's given the speech about racist cops because he's honoring Tyree Nichols. Tyree Nichols should not be dead. He was killed by the Memphis police. Okay. Biden attempts to honor Tyree Nichols by bringing his parents to the State of the Union and then promptly referring to their son as Tyrell Nichols last night during the speech. Biden's lost his marbles. I didn't even notice that when Jenny did. And then I rewound it and I was like, oh, God, what a mess. But here is Biden saying white parents have never had to have the talk with their kids about how to behave around the cops. Yo. If you've never had a talk with your kids about how to behave around the cops. You are not a white parent. You are not a black parent. You are. Are you ready for it? Oh, my goodness gracious. You are a bad parent. Bingo. Okay, my parents told me at a very young age, the minute I got near a learner's permit, you get pulled over by a cop, yes, sir, no, sir. Put your hands up high on that steering wheel. If you're going to make any movements inside the car, you say to the sir, going into my glove compartment, ma'am, I'm going into my glove compartment to get my registration. My license, yes, it's inside my jacket pocket. If you don't mind, I'm going to reach in for a second. That was beaten into my skull as a little kid, which was to respect the police. Now, I understand some parents don't have a relationship with their kids. or they, you know, They're not a presence in their lives to have a talk like this, but you're supposed to. Make no mistake about it. But this idea that the Democrats are out there just slandering the police, teaching folks that the cops don't deserve your respect. Don't ever forget, when people were running up to cops in the summer of 2020 and spitting in their face, the Democrats were bailing those folks out of jail if, in fact, they got arrested. When people were burning down police stations in the summer of 2020, Kamala Harris famously tweeted a link to bail out the Minneapolis protesters who had burnt 100 black-owned businesses and torched a police station along the way. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> Totally. But teaching people to disrespect the cops increases the likelihood of a conflict, increases the likelihood that, yes, we don't want anybody to die. 
But the minute you get violent with the cops, you have changed the odds of your survival. But here is Biden just openly confessing to be a bad parent because he's trying to cater to the racial vote, saying, oh, white parents, we never had to tell our cop. Really? Yo, I, I've been telling Lincoln this my whole life. But anyway, here it is, clip eight. Most of us in here have never had to have the talk, the talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashton, my children, I never had to have the talk with them. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, turn your interior lights on right away. Don't reach for your license. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Imagine having to worry like that every single time your kid got in a car. I mean, really think about that. Okay, that's bad parenting. Never told your kids to respect the cops. Keep your hands where they can be seen. Don't just instantaneously reach for your license somewhere. That's bad parenting. That's bad parenting. And I can say this. Why? Because the numbers overwhelmingly show that cops are not disproportionately killing black Americans more than white Americans, armed, unarmed, or anything in between. So if you just advance this fantasy that the cops are just out to get one group of people, And you tell your white kids, no, don't respect the cops. Guess what you just did? You endangered your white kids because here's a newsflash. When a cop pulls you over on the side of the road and has no idea what they're going to encounter when they walk up to that door, they're not thinking about skin color, thinking about threats. They're thinking about those fast moments. They're thinking about those hands they can't see. They're thinking about those sudden lurches. Police work is not a racial job. It is a life or death job. And the fact that we keep removing reality from police work is why the reality has gotten so grim in the communities that the Democrats purport to care about the most. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. This thing is going to become God when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got Sean Davis coming up from the Federalist. Barry batting leadoff in Los Angeles. Yo, Barry. First off, Jimmy, are you trying to convince us that that somebody who showered inappropriately with his young daughter and then gave his son hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy hookers and blow is a bad parent? (laughs) Oh, man, Barry. I wasn't going to go there, but take it away. Uh, but so um, my this whole uh, Memphis issue, I forget his name. I apologize. Just like Joe, um, Tyree Nichols. Um, this is uh, it, it seems pretty obvious. This is not a policing issue. Somebody had it out for him. It might have been one of the five guys, one of those five police officers, or somebody might have paid him. But this had nothing to do with policing. Uh- I don't know if I could agree with that. I, I think this is what I think. I think based on what the preliminary things that I've seen, Barry, uh, there were people hired for this gig uh, to meet hiring initiatives, at least two of them in a post-2020 world, right. that probably shouldn't have been on the force. I haven't no, seen I, anything I, to link them to him per se, I, but it is but, a policing issue. Hold on. It's a policing issue for no other reason than it was committed by people in police uniforms. So fairly unf- yeah, or unfairly, this becomes an issue for the police. 
Yeah, no, but yeah, well, it's a Memphis police issue, number one. It's not a national issue. It's a Memphis police issue because they hired him. But again, no, this obviously wasn't a police action. As much as I disagree with all the stuff that people said about Chauvin, that actually was a police action. They arrested a guy for doing something wrong, and then he put his knee on his neck like he shouldn't have. This has not, they we don't even know why this guy was arrested. They say reckless driving. They yanked him right out of his car. Yeah. Again, this is it's not it looks, police training. But this if it's but you understand issue. if what they're saying is it was reckless driving and they yanked him right out of his car, they were very overzealous in their response. That's the thing. Listen, I, I we can agree to disagree. I just don't want to I don't want to lose you to the commercial break. Good call, Barry. We'll do it again. Um you know, what happened down there and why I get Barry's frustration because Barry is a guy who is protective of the cops, okay, and we're sick of seeing the cops get slandered because 99.9% of the cops who put on that uniform are great people. So I understand Barry's passion to protect the cops, but the fork in the road there is cops did commit a heinous act, and sadly we live in a day and age where it might not be fair, but one bad cop winds up tarnishing the image of every cop. Okay, Derek Chauvin was the only cop who knelt on George Floyd's neck, but every cop in America got the bill. They tried to defund them, burnt down their precincts. It was a mess. But the point I'm trying to make is this knee-jerk reaction to demonize cops, something Barry is so frustrated with, is what's ultimately making our streets less safe because it creates more empathy for the criminal than the cop that is protecting us against them. I mean, you think of where I live in New York. Nobody goes to jail anymore. You get arrested for a violent crime. You get out tonight because of woke bail reforms. You know, when they say, well, we've got to do it because the you know prisons are disproportionately populated with certain minorities. But let me explain something to you. Ninety percent of violent crimes are committed against members of the same race. So if you let somebody out of jail for committing a violent crime, the high rates of criminal recidivism mean they're most likely to commit another violent crime. And who are they going to commit that violent crime against? A member of the same race. So all of these woke bail reforms are basically prioritizing the criminal at the expense of the law-abiding citizen. That's why they're so infuriating. That's why people, you know, hate to see when they do try to weaponize these narratives against the cops because it's making an impossible job even more difficult. And I think what Barry was trying to say, if he had my eloquence— I'm being silly, but we've got to get rid of all of these woke bail reforms. Bottom line. Everything woke turns to. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. What can I tell you about him? He is the what do I know? I know he's the CEO and co-founder of The Federalist, and I know he's not. Popped up on B12 because they gave all of it to the president last night. Sean Davis joins us now to wonder where the stash went. Hey, man. How are you? What do you think he was shot up with? Because he really did look hopped up on something in the beginning. Uh, we took a poll before the uh, <laughs> before the address about whether we thought he would end up being like a completely lazy sloth on Ambien or a, a coked up squirrel on amphetamines. <laughs> and... 
I think he was just riding every rail of Hunter's top shelf stuff last night. That guy was high as a kite. Yo, it's so funny because I don't doubt there are people watching at home that have never been around drug use. But if you've ever been around it, like you're absolutely watching a shot up man. Like he was yelling. uh, The term I heard, I think Molly Hemingway retweeted it. Someone had referenced speed slurring. Did you notice a little bit of that? Oh, yeah. He he looked like Mr. Burns, like the nuclear version of C. Montgomery Burns getting doped up and heading into the forest and the Simpsons. Like that guy was wired last night. <laughs> well, the important thing is we have decided to choose unity over which is important. I think, you know, if this, if this country is going to make any progress. We, you know, the line's been drawn in the sand and I'm glad we've made the right choice. Um, what did you make of this, Sean Davis? I you know, there was a big hullabaloo about decorum in the chamber. But I don't exact. I don't remember like during the Trump years the Democrats being model citizens. I remember coordinated costumes. I remember ripped up speeches. And yes, I do remember some heckling. Yeah, I'm good with it. I, I like the British version of Parliament where the Prime Minister rolls in there and just everyone curses at him and makes fun of him, and it's a total free for all. I kind of wish we had more of that. Mm-hmm. And the last people I'm going to be lectured on about decorum are are the girls who all uh, coordinate their outfits together. On the left, and the Nancy Pelosi who dramatically tears stuff up, um, you know, halfway through a bender. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in being lectured by these people no, on on manners. I mean, come on, we're talking to Sean Davis. He's a CEO and co-founder of the Federalist. Yeah, I thought all of that was ridiculous. Obviously, the cocaine <laughs> squirrel, which is a hilarious reference. Um, the uh, the big lie out of the gate was about job creation. Now, there's a question I want to ask you because I do – honestly, you're capable of understanding the other side better than anybody I know. When he says we've created 12 million jobs, which is demonstrably false, people on the other side do accept that as factual. My question is do they believe it is factual or do they just advance it because they know it's, I guess, helpful to his cause? Oh, gosh, that's a really difficult question. Um, I, I think they actually believe it. Like if you look at just the, the numbers that come out of the Labor Department, like mm-hmm. their, their payroll numbers, mm-hmm. they'll look at the graph and they'll say, OK, we were at this number in like June of 2020. It was really low. Mm-hmm. And we're at this number now. And the difference between those two numbers is how many jobs Biden's created. Yeah. To them, that's, that's all it is, which is like it, it's silly. I mean, it'd be like chopping off your own your own leg and going to a doctor and getting a prosthesis and being like, "I created a leg today." <laughs> well, no, you didn't. Um, you, you don't you don't get credit for stuff just going back to the way it was before this awful uh, pandemic and government response to it. Um, but but I think they convinced themselves it's true. So much of these uh, spectacles and so much of the stuff from the left is about programming their own side. Mm-hmm. They're all blank slates. They're just waiting to be programmed. They were told that Biden created these jobs. They're good to go at that point. And, and I'm not sure there's much thought that goes into it after that. That's a great point is that they just they just want to be pointed in a direction like they do. They run a play that gets sent into the huddle. And what's fascinating about it is like there's this weird oversimplification of things. Like when he was talking about COVID, COVID shut down the businesses, COVID closed our schools. I'm like COVID didn't actually do that, though. It was the government that was the problem in this instance. But there's this weird thing where we kind of overlook their own culpability. But, like, would you not say that the government response to COVID probably did more damage than the virus at this point? 
Of course it did. Of course it did. Uh, I, I mean, the, the government wasn't responsible for people who died from the COVID virus. Yeah. And that's about all I'll say about the government. Yeah. But the government is 100 percent responsible for all the suicides, for the uh, drug use that went up, for the depression, um, for, for the poverty that came from people who weren't allowed to go from work. It's the government responsible for kids who should be reading, having limited verbal skills right now, mm-hmm. not being able to communicate properly because they didn't see faces for two years. That's the government's fault. And, and it just – it enrages me when people try to whistle past the graveyard and say, oh, oh yeah, 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 it was all bad, but it was because of the pandemic. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was because of the government that used the pandemic as a pretext to do all this stuff. Yeah, that's what it was. That was the racket. It became the Trojan horse for everything else, which is also funny because last night when he mentioned the Inflation Reduction Act, he caught a little hell for that. They, you know, because he's like, oh, some of my colleagues are Republicans. I want to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act. The Inflation Reduction Act is like COVID before it and that they used an issue that was a trendy thing that was going on in real time to shoehorn in policy that had nothing to do with it. I mean, the Inflation Reduction Act is a climate change bill. So when he was yelling about hidden fees, is there a bigger hidden fee than $500 billion in subsidy for climate stuff in an inflation bill? Right. Yeah, yeah. The thing that might be the most Orwellian uh, bill name in in years, if not decades. I mean, what they did is they just you know loaded up a Brinks truck full of cash straight from the Fed money printer mm-hmm. and sent it out to all their friends. And they're like, yeah, the best way to stop inflation is to just print more money. Yay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's madness. And, and I, it was fascinating to me to see him focus on like the the fee thing and resort fees. Yeah. Look, those suck and everyone hates them. But is that really what our problem is right now? No. Like I can't get eggs and gas costs like three fifty dollars, uh, three fifty a gallon. I don't like Ticketmaster, but that is so down my list of priorities uh, <laughs> right now, and yet that's what they decide to focus on. It just boggles my mind. Oh, no, it was fascinating. And he was, he was yelling about cops and everything else. What I kept coming back to is everything we were told we needed, like to build the utopian society, okay, whatever the, the spending initiative was that he happened to be highlighting in a particular passage, it could all be paid for uh, probably with like $25 billion of loose change laying around from the money we sent to Ukraine. And there's never any it's really weird because we keep getting told how something is the root of all economic evil in this country. But at the same time, we're not doing anything to end it. And that to me, like is uniparty stuff like you don't really hear a lot of clamor out of the Republicans to end Ukraine either, do you? Well, no, we had uh, Mitch McConnell waltz in in his little blue and yellow tie to signal his support for Ukraine. I saw lots of people mocking it, but Mm -hmm. I actually appreciated it. Because I like my politicians like I like my NASCAR drivers, and I like it when they uh, wear the brands they support right there on their uniform. I think it's clarifying. Wouldn't it be amazing if – you know how the NASCAR drivers, when they get interviewed, they always have to mention the sponsors? Like, how'd you win today? Well, there's DuPont Motorsport, Hendrick Chevrolet with the Goodyear tires. Wouldn't that be great if you you ask Mitch McConnell a question? He's like, well, Pfizer and, uh, you know, (laughs) Pfizer, Ukraine, and Big Tech. That would be funny, Sean Davis. That'd make it a little bit more more tolerable you know Um, it would at least be honest yeah exactly what a scam it's such a scam all right and we're talking about scams let me throw one more thing at you there's an oversight hearing going on right now in regards to the hunter biden laptop i saw the aoc clip i haven't watched most of it because i've been on the air does she not understand how oversight works because she was yelling about human rights and civil rights and everything in between but that's not really what oversight is well, no, she's a stupid person who wants attention and communism, and everything she does can be viewed through those 
filters. Like mm-hmm. the second the camera's on, mm-hmm. what can she like turn on her drama kid yeah. fake tears about to get some attention for some stupid Marxist cause in the moment? And that's all you need to ask yourself about AOC. Oh, it's so true. And I saw her yelling and screaming about libs at TikTok and the Boston Children's Hospital. But if there's a children's hospital performing like hysterectomies on little kids, uh, they should be called out for that. Like what's going on in terms of, you know, the transitioning stuff It's pretty barbaric, man, Uh, especially when, you know, you have some states that are trying to shield children's identities from states and uh, from parents, excuse me, and anything in between. Like, like I harbor the suspicion, man, that this will age so poorly in 100 years. And I know in real time it's aging poorly for people like you and me. But do you think in 100 years, what do you think will look more barbaric, abortion or the fact that they are giving kids access to transitions and hormones and everything at such a young age? Well, if the, if, if the good Lord hasn't completely you know, smitten the earth by then through all of the <laughs> demonic nonsense we're doing, I suspect we'll look back on it with the same disdain we look at, like, lobotomies yeah. and electroshock therapy. I mean, it's barbaric, and, and it's barbarism with, like, a, a cult, uh, a demonic cult aspect to it. Mm-hmm. If you read up on, you know, telltale signs of a cult, they're like people who have their own specific dogma that you have to recite. They want to separate you from friends and family. They want to change your identity and make you identify as a, a part of this group. That's the trans movement right here. Yeah. It's a it's a barbaric, demonic, women hating cult is what it is. That's so true. It's it's vicious. I, I talk about it in stand up how what's so fascinating to me is the woman who put them on the map, uh, for all intents and purposes, the man at the time was Bruce Jenner, who became Caitlyn Jenner, who now works here at Fox. And if you remember, when Caitlyn Jenner, you know, transitioned, she was on the cover of Vanity Fair and they were like, She's a hero, and then they gave her an ESPN Courage Award and were like, She was a hero, and then she said, I'm a Republican, and they were like, Get the F out of here. So there's no world where this is really about tolerance. I feel like they've created like their own new civil rights lane and they're just trying to weaponize, you know, what they claim to be transphobia in the name of like political power. Am I missing anything on that? No, it's what one of our writers calls Selma envy. <laughs> like the, the the most recent generations in this country have never accomplished anything of note. You know, they didn't yeah. defeat the Nazis. They didn't bring equality to blacks in America. You know, they weren't part of the civil rights movement. So what they're having to do now to create this sense of self-worth and this aura around themselves so they don't have to feel like the worthless pieces of crap that they are for having done nothing with their lives. Mm -hmm. They've decided that calling boys girls is like the new Selma and they're the new MLK. (laughs) And it it, it would be a joke if they weren't doing the damage that they were doing with it. Yeah, it's it's really is bad. Like as as a parent, it drives me insane because if you're around a young kid at that age, too, like they're so fluid in their development that the idea they should be permanently altering their bodies like it really is barbaric but you know without killing the mood too much just one more question you spent all night watching a coked up squirrel as you described the president will sean davis see cocaine bear when it comes out next week Oh, no, I definitely won't see it when it comes out next week. I'll probably, like, watch it on Netflix in five years. That's that's (laughs) generally about how I watch movies. Okay, fair. Um, Well, I only ask because I have this fascination with this film in that I believe there's no way a film like Cocaine Bear gets pitched unless someone was doing a lot of cocaine themselves or at least of the mind that the executives were on cocaine. 
What would you I would see? think so. Yeah. Maybe they brought maybe they brought Hunter in to consult. <laughs> it's called Hunter Bear. <laughs> there was a there was a school trip to the zoo in 1984 when Hunter was a junior in high school. That I mean, would you watch? Would you watch? So would you watch Biden Bear uh, in the theater? I would. I would totally watch like the Peter Parker origin story of Hunter Biden, where he gets like swiped. By by a, a coke-addled bear at the zoo. That that I would watch. <laughs> That's how you get the superpowers to to wring money from Ukraine and Burisma. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't scale buildings. He scales the Chateau Marmont to get into the hotel room the hooker locked him out of. No, I like this. I think there's something here. I think we got to find the cocaine bear executives and pitch a screenplay. We'll talk off the air. Uh, listen, man. You know I love talking to you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. It's always fun. You're the best. The great Sean Davis. There he goes. He is the co-founder, publisher of The Federalist. Go check the CEO of The Federalist. Go check him out. Uh, They do such great writing over there. Uh, The term he coined, uh, he said one of his writers coined was Selma Envy. And it's really interesting because that is a lot of what the trans movement is. Like if you saw yesterday, a bunch of trans protesters stormed the Oklahoma Capitol. They overwhelmed the capital of the state with like a Trans Lives Matter chant and couldn't get any of the people's business done because they had completely occupied the building. Obviously, nobody's calling it an insurrection. But they are fighting, like, this trans movement like they are at the forefront of the tip of some civil rights spear. When the truth is nobody is saying you can't exist. Nobody is saying you can't be and you don't have a place in society. What they're saying is we can't take your dogma and make it the one-size-fits-all for the rest of us. You know, when people say they don't want trans people committing in women's sports, they're not saying trans people can't play sports. They're not saying we want to attack trans children. They're saying everybody should have their own category if that's the way we're going to do it, only because there are biological differences between men and women. But it's fascinating stuff to watch it play out. And AOC was just screaming in the oversight hearing. We're supposed to talk to James Comer about it. We may, he may have him on the show tomorrow. She was just screaming about libs of TikTok and how they're spiking hate crimes against little kids. And it's not true. Nobody wants to attack the children. Okay, nobody wants to attack anybody who is self-castrating, as insane as that might sound, to say or to hear. Okay, it's the people pushing this on them. It's the people that are encouraging this sort of thing. Like when you hear, oh, my daughter transitioned at the age of two. Okay, that's a bad parent. Because your daughter wouldn't know to want to transition unless a parent was forcing that ideology on the kid. And that's what keeps going on again and again and again. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're in the bottom of the ninth on radio. I'm heading over to TV next. I'll be on with Jesse Waters tonight at 7 o'clock on the Fox News Channel. Right now, I'm going to take one more phone call for the road. Reese is out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese. Megadittos. How are you, my friend? <laughs> Muscled through a show today. It's a lot of Biden talk. Uh, did you catch the speech? Yeah, I watched a little part of it, man. It kind of put me to sleep almost. But I'll tell you what, I just wanted to ask you, like, what do you think Rush would think? You know, the greatest of all time, Rush Limbaugh, what would he think of that speech from your perspective? I know you've listened to him for just as many decades as I have, so. Mm -hmm. 
uh, oh, what would Russia's be at reaction to Biden be? Um, I, I mean, yeah. in, all, in all in all honesty, uh, what what you'd expect it to be, meaning. His reaction would be very similar to my reaction because fundamentally, while I'm not in his stratosphere in terms of talent, like he had talent on loan from God, you know, I know a guy named (laughs) Jesus who sells stolen flat screen TVs in the Bronx. Like we're in two different stratospheres. But as a guy who hates big government, he would have lost his mind. As a guy who hates the fact that Biden runs an America last presidency, he would have lost his mind at the climate push and, of course, the government interference and free markets and everything in between. But I think the overarching takeaway is, you know, he would have thought what we thought. The more you watch Biden, the harder it is to believe anyone voted for him, let alone 81 million people. Okay, he is terrible at this. And the random yelling and the gaslighting about the border. Like Biden is the guy who caused the border problem. So when he lectures the public, you know, oh, we're going to get this under control. I mean, it's sociopathic stuff, you know, and and I think Russia's takeaway would have been something similar. Uh, You might have heard, uh, you know, more theatrical language than I used. I try to, you know, I'm not as far along in my career. He's got a lot of money. You know, he can he can throw the fastball. I have to play some defense. You know what I'm saying, Reese? Fair enough. But yeah, no, Russia's the Russia's the best. I appreciate you bringing him up. It's always good for morale. But big, uh, big Wednesday to you. And uh, we'll do it again soon, brother. Uh, As I was saying to Reese, you don't have to be Rush or heaven forbid Jimmy Fallon to know that you're watching a president who is fighting all the wrong battles. Okay, we have inflation at a 40-year high. And he's flat out saying, no, we got to spend some money to solve the inflation problem. Yo, the money is what caused the problem to begin with. This is like saying arson's out of control. So we've got to buy everybody a book of matches and some gasoline. Biden is such a disaster. He really is. We're back here to do it again in the morning. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.